Hi, I'm PJ Vogt, here to tell you about my podcast called Search Engine, voted one of the best new podcasts by Time Magazine, Vogue, and The Economist. We answer fascinating questions about business, tech, and history. Questions like, who should be in charge of artificial intelligence? Or, how did ADHD medication get so popular so fast? Listen and follow Search Engine with PJ Vote and Odyssey Podcast. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I paint- Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'll be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. Yeah, everybody was saying the Chiefs, who you couldn't find a power ranking that had them outside the top 10, were rebuilding coming into the season. Here was Travis. Oh. <laughs> here was, here was, real quick, here was Travis Kelsey with uh, one more proclamation for all the haters out there. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. <laughs> The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. Okay. Nobody was saying that. But congratulations to the Chiefs. Two Super Bowls in four years is uh, an admirable accomplishment in this day and age. It is, yeah. The old, um, the big thing is I, I have a hard time finding fault with people just putting a chip on their shoulder, uh, no matter how absurd it might be. There were people, I went back and Googled, and there were quite a few articles written, written kind of almost in a questioning tone. Kind of like, is this a rebuild for the Chiefs? I don't know. I guess, I guess it's kind of a rebuild. Um, but there weren't anybody who's like saying emphatically, "Oh yeah, the Chiefs are done for." Uh, they just weren't the darling of the ball or the bell of the ball the way perhaps maybe they had been for for several years. Yeah, I can tell you if somebody hated the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey said haters. If someone hated the Chiefs that much that they're saying they're not going to make the playoffs and they're never winning anything ever again, then they don't really care what you're saying at a parade. They're going to continue to hate you. That's, that would be yeah, oh, You're yeah. not going to convince. People who are that far into the lunatic fringe against them are yeah. never going to be convinced that they were wrong about Th- it. That is like the one thing. It's always interesting to see, like, okay, who's, uh, who's using it as a motivational ploy versus, like, all right, listen, um, you got to understand at some point, buddy that uh, you will never have universal acceptance. You get that, right? Like, you, you understand that. There's always going to be somebody out there, no matter what you do. I'm watching this Bob Dylan documentary last night, Sean, and it's Bob Dylan, you know, one of the greatest and most successful musical artists of the 20th century. Uh, they're interviewing these kids outside of a concert in, like, 1972 in England, um, after one of his, this is what he, like after he, I think he started being more heavily electronic and more more about rock than folk music. Um, they're interviewing these kids as he's leaving, and like every other one was like, "Oh, it's trash! Turn into trash! You're a pop fan now. They're like bollocks! It's garbage!" And I'm like, "Man, that's Bob Dylan." So like, if you can't handle a couple of thumbs down on social media, then just remember. Like, no matter who you are, your Beyonce, whoever it is, they're not even haters. They're just people that don't like your deal, yeah, okay? Yeah, So just let it go. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... I say it, as I die inside over, over a thumbs down I got. Right, 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 yeah, <laughs> a mean text. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it just sounds a little silly. But you use whatever you want for your fuel. I mean, I don't think... Like, I, I feel like there's probably a few guys on every NFL team that would be saying the same thing. You know, like, if... If, well, certainly if the Eagles had won, they'd have had more right to say that because, as you pointed out, a lot of people were picking them 
middle of the pack this year. They, they were Jaylen nine and eight Hurts last specifically. Year. Like nobody knew what to make of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and he um, would be an appropriate person to get up there and sound, you know, kind of indignant. You know, to sound defiant about things that were said about him and the team. Yeah, he's kind of um, – except that's like – it's funny because some guys are wired that way and some guys aren't. He doesn't seem like he's particularly wired that no, way, does he? No, no. He just seems like he's kind of like, a, I'm going to go work out. Even right, keel. Cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So – and we'll probably be done with the Super Bowl after today. The parade is in the books. Oh. Uh, or not if you want to keep talking about it. But the article in the New York Times um, had uh, 10 things you might have missed during the Super Bowl. Some of these things, I feel like okay. I'm, I think I did miss that. A few of them, though, um, a few of them, though, I feel like were really hard to miss. I've got. I'm, I'll rapid fire these at you, Seth. What are the chances that people missed these things from the Super Bowl? Number one was Nick Sirianni's tears. Nick Sirianni crying during the national anthem. I feel like, I feel like 98 percent of the people who watched the Super Bowl saw that. Saw Nick Sirianni crying. Yeah, yeah that's where, it, especially because people saw it afterwards. I guess if you were just watching. Um, you know, and d- didn't check social media or anything, you wouldn't have known about it. But it's become a pretty big meme already, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, especially because the Eagles lost. Well, they built up to it, too. They knew to look for it because apparently he visualizes or imagines, like, standing on the sideline at the Super Bowl while Whitney Houston sings the national anthem. Oh, it's probably what he was doing. Yeah. Dude, what if, if they really knew what they were doing, instead of Chris Stapleton, they should have had Whitney uh, Whitney Houston hologram. Yeah, yeah. Then he would have just been all up, all out bawling out there. He would have run up and tried to hug Whitney Houston hologram. <laughs> and fallen over. <laughs> <laughs> largely considered the greatest Bobby Brown comes out and kicks his ass right yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a hologram right uh uh yeah largely considered the best national anthem in Super Bowl history that was the Which Super was Bowl lip synced by the way yeah but still an amazing moment because that was when we were at war you know that was yeah. during the uh during Desert Storm number two Kansas City fans being Kansas City fans things you may have missed when they do the home of the Chiefs at the end of the national anthem yeah, that whole um, they. What do they say? They just yell Chiefs. The they do, and the, the instead of home of the brave, they all yell Chiefs instead yeah, of brave. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I was surprised that did the person writing that article never attend a sporting event before. No, it's, it's the New like York Times, a, possibly. You don't I know. Got, <laughs> <laughs> we sent our we sent our arts and entertainment reporter out to cover the Super Bowl. So what a Here's like. what they unfurled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty common in a lot of places. I guess it just shows how many Chiefs fans there were there, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You could tell the Chiefs fans from that, and you could tell the Eagles fans by how many were booing Dak Prescott when he was presented the Walter Payton Man of the Year that's award right, that's before right. the game. Yeah. Home of the Chiefs. The teams that do the home of the blank, it's usually if it's a, a one-syllable word. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work well with, like, Texans, Texans. or Cowboys does or something not, like that. It does not. Um, number three on the list of things we may have missed for the Super Bowl. Did we miss the – Serena Williams selling drinks. She pitched, I guess, a cognac and Michelob Ultra beer during the ads. I missed that. That one I did miss. That sounds – oh, oh, okay. So two different drinks. A yes. cognac and a – okay. Not, yeah. not, not, like, not like a Michelob Ultra with cognac in it. Well, not, not yet. I mean, if you have of enough cognac. of either of them, you'll probably try <laughs> some things. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Ooh, Michelob Ultra post-workout with a shot of cognac. The um, – <laughs> <laughs> the salacious thing to come out of this would be, is Serena Williams now an alcoholic? Yeah. She was pitching not one, but two alcoholic beverages. I did miss that. I'm not as big into the ads as some people are. Like, if I'm sitting there and I'm watching them, I'll sit and watch them. But there, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that uh, 
that are into the ads. Number four, uh, one of the many tributes before the game. I saw all of those. Boy, that, that's got to be tough. There, there's a tribute to DeMar Hamlin. There was, of course, a tribute to Pat Tillman, who played in Arizona and was killed in Afghanistan. Um, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, we mentioned that. I would say, Seth, one of the weirdest things about playing in the Super Bowl has got to be all the pomp and circumstance and just the standing around that's going on. Yeah, that's what. well, that's one thing they always said about the Patriots was that they had it down to a science when it came to the warm-ups and when to, you know, how to, how to get ready for the game, how to handle the long halftime, all that. I, I honestly think, I know that it's a huge event and everything, and they got to soak it up for all it's worth. I think if the NFL really, really, really wanted to keep the long term in mind, I think they'd pare down the Super Bowl and make it more like an actual game, like, especially with the field. The fact that the fact that the field sucks every year because they they grow it to be this beautiful, lush, perfect for television field, but it ends up being an actual talking point in a bad it's way. It's a like, hockey rink. Yeah, <laughs> like how is it a linoleum floor? Like how is that? How is that good for the game of football? And I, I always think of Meltzer's story about when his parents. So Mike Meltzer grew up in or was born in the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, and um, was they they were able to leave before the fall of the Iron Curtain um, because his parents were Jewish or one of his parents is Jewish, and they got to America, and they go to like one of the somebody invited. Uh, Mike's dad out to a Super Bowl party. Somebody from work invited him to a Super Bowl party. And it was one of, like, the way the Super Bowl used to be when it was an absolute slaughter. It was some, I can't remember which one it was, but it was an NFC team beating an AFC team by 47 points. And and Mike's dad was like, this is the this is the best game in the, the entire... Why, it is, it is, why is it like this? It is a... He's just... He's 55 like, what the is to this? 10? Yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's not... A, sometimes you can't do anything about a mismatch in opponents. Sure. But I always think of that when I'm watching this four-and-a-half-hour event. And you think about all the things that... His, like, why college football... Like, one of the... I mean, college football is doing fine. But the length of the games is absurd. Yes. Like, there's something about just having all this non-football stuff attached to it that feels like you're detracting from actually getting more people more... Like, maybe the casual fan more into next year's football season. Yep. Um, along those lines, things you may have missed during the Super Bowl. Seth and I are seeing if these are things that were actually missed. Uh, they have players slipping on the turf is one of the things. Like, the only way you miss that is if you just didn't watch the game at all. Like, yeah, they flat out talked about it as well. They tried to say that it was because of, it was on the, the painted areas of the yeah. field. Like, who said that? Who, I think it was somebody at the halftime show brought that up. Like, no, they paint every damn foot. <laughs> Who's been watching football and doesn't realize that they paint the field all over the place, in fact? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never, yeah when you talk about a yard marker, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. that's paint. Um, but uh, anyway, that's uh, they got to quit that. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I got to bring that up to Goodell the next time I see him. I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, at the next eyes wide shut party we're at together, I'm going to be like, hey, Roger, let's come here, take the blindfold off. Yeah, yeah, let's put a chat. pin in that. Put that on the list of yeah. our things for Goodell when we talk to him next time. Um, did you notice there were no crypto ads this time around? <laughs> yes, I did actually. Because <laughs> last year, every single person in Hollywood. To whom I always take my financial adva- advice from was uh, was telling us to uh, uh, about various crypto exchanges that we should be buying our crypto on. Yeah, and, well, uh, and, and none of it this year. And obviously, yeah. uh, the big thing is that one of the ads last year during the Super Bowl was Tom Brady speaking for FTX, 
which it turns out is maybe uh, just a, a a bigger scam than Enron was. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, oh. So there was no crypto ads this time around. I, I actually bought something with Bitcoin the other day for the first time because I was buying it from overseas and they just said that it's easier to do Bitcoin. I got to tell you. I've never been so confused and paranoid in all my life is just buying crypto on this exchange. And I was like trying to buy it at a time of night when apparently I couldn't buy it because the exchange was... I don't, I don't know how any of it works. All I know is I was sending my money to some place that gave me back like one one millionth of some form of currency. Okay. And then I bought something with it. Am I crying <laughs> by asking what exactly it was you were buying with Bitcoin in the middle of the night? A little bit, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I know that's a question the audience would have. It so. wasn't anything that's technically illegal. Okay. So I think that though there was – and there's also something about the fact that like I, I don't like buying something – I can make the mental leap to like spending a million pesos on something like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> the, the fact that I was buying something with like one one millionth of, uh, <laughs> of a piece of currency that I, like, no, why? I can't. We need to come up. Have you guys ever heard of a freaking penny? Yes. Like, can we, can we find some different denomination at least? <laughs> and yeah. I've held a peso before in my hand. Like, I've, you know, like, I've, I've <laughs> held that before. I've can, I, can I buy this with a straw penny or whatever? <laughs> like, right. yeah, come on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, Gronk's things we may have missed during the Super Bowl. Gronk's field goal attempt. I remember the promotion surrounding this, but I did not see it. Um, I did not see it take place. So Rob Gronkowski was attempting to kick a field goal in a promotion with FanDuel, and they promoted it a lot leading up to the game um, with uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of real tension around it. An on-screen yeah. label said the 30-second commercial was live, but it didn't look live. It was it hard to tell whether Gronk oh. made the kick, even though he collapsed in a pantomime of disappointment. FanDuel yeah. later said that he missed it. Yeah, it was we- it was really weird. I thought the same thing. I didn't I thought, see okay, this. this. This is easy enough. You go ahead and just have a, you know, he kicks the field goal. The way they cut to it, they must have, it was almost like they did too good a job. You know, like sometimes, I remember Matt Hammond used to get accused of reading from a script because he almost spoke too perfectly because he doesn't, there were no ums or pauses or anything. So people thought he was reading from a script. That's what it felt like with this ad because everything was almost a little too perfect, all the camera angles, the choreography over this 30 seconds, that it seemed fake. And, yes, it did look like he actually made it, but then he was acting like he, like he didn't make it. Um, it, was, uh, it was weird. It was very strange. Um, they're saying in this article that people may have missed the tether that was holding Rihanna to the staging. Yeah, I did it first. Okay. I told you I had looked for it. And then it was weird. Like, once I saw it, I couldn't not see it. Right. It, it was actually pretty big. It looked like a big tail. That's, yes. Like that's, she, that's why I'm kind of laughing at this because I'm like, no, it, once you noticed it, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. <laughs> it looked like she had a tail. It did. It did. It's like she was pregnant with a Wolverine. Right. <laughs> Right, and she was already having it. <laughs> yes. No, the tail birds first. No, yeah, like she had a pouch. Yeah. Like she was a kangaroo mama. Yeah. She's a kangaroo woman. <laughs> I knew it. Like it's right and her there. baby, her baby kangaroo's tail was dangling <laughs> exactly. out of her pouch. Exactly. No, I would do it. I would do it. Totally would. Kangaroo Rihanna. Kangaroo. Kangaroo. Kangariana. Kangariana. Yeah, Kangariana. I'd be all over it. Oh, I don't yeah. care. I got oh. no shame. Hell yeah. Uh. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, the last couple things, Travis Kelsey yelling. Oh, yeah, people miss that. <laughs> Come on. He's yelled like five times in the post. What was he yelling? 
in the post oh, game where no oh, one okay. he was yelling the same things he's yelling the idiotic stuff he's yelling at the parade about nobody believing in us. You do you do miss a lot of stuff at a Super Bowl because it is so long and there's a lot of silliness that you're like okay I'm gonna go to the bathroom now or I'm gonna make a sandwich now um, I'm gonna go eat 17 bags of popcorn yeah. that my wife thought she had hidden now and it's um, so you do miss some of these things I didn't miss Travis Kelsey yelling. No I saw that Rihanna you had this uh, Brandon Scott tweeted this that Rihanna popped a bigger number for the half time then the game drew yeah she popped 118 million viewers for rihanna at halftime the game had 100 on average 113 million viewers is that normal for more people to watch the halftime show than watch the game i think it might be i don't really? know because these were good ratings for the game itself yeah so maybe maybe not maybe the fact that it's maybe it was actually good that it was just one artist instead of a compilation because then people could get excited about one thing instead of sometimes there might be people People like that were like, "Oh yeah, I love Rihanna," but like, who the hell is Aerosmith? Like, I don't because you know, there are a lot of people. I, I hate to break it to you, fellow forty-eight-year-olds. Uh, there are a lot of young kids who don't know who the hell Aerosmith totally. is and when they're playing it. They're, they're like, "Whatever, I'm not gonna watch Rihanna tramp around on stage, whatever these old guys are. Screw it, I'm she, done." She hadn't played in a while either, so there's the curiosity oh. factor probably too. Why I'll hadn't imagine. she played in a while? I don't know. I'm not sure. She's been, you know, she's been starting a family and whatnot. That's probably I'll tell has something you what, to man. Do with if it. I were, if I were like. Oof. It'd be hard for me as a singer. I don't know what to. I was thinking about that with this Bob Dylan documentary, where I'm watching him perform as an older guy. I'm like, man, he's been playing the same songs for. 50 I know, years. but dude, they make so much per show. I'd be working I like I was broke just because it's. It, feel, it would feel like free money to me. It, I know, and he still. I, he was touring a lot until like recently. I don't know if he still is or not. Dude, but, Bob um, Dylan was. Yeah, He'd be like ninety. I was watching this latest one, and it was they were doing all. I think the documentary was done in 2016, and they were showing all his tour dates from each year. Yeah, and he's not just like he would listen. He's he did eight straight shows in San Francisco, and this was a while back. Um, but then like like the next three shows were like Columbus, Ohio, yeah. Decatur, Illinois. Yeah. Like he'll go play big, play small. Like yeah. he, he was touring nonstop. Yeah. I feel like what's changing. What's to say right now? Did you look it up? He's uh, how old he is. Yeah. How old do you think he is? Take a guess. I, I bet he's 82. 81. Good job, okay. Seth. Yeah. Good job. Well, I've watched like four Bob Dylan documentaries. I got a pretty good idea. Uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> that's why we're hearing so much about Bob Dylan today. It's fresh on Seth's mind. The Bob Dylan documentary. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by Bob Dylan because I think he is the narcissist that my dad was trying to intimidate his whole <laughs> life. Like, I'm honestly, I'm watching these Bob Dylan interviews, and I'm like, man, this dude. This feels familiar. This, <laughs> this dude. <laughs> This dude was a narcissist, and man, my dad tried like hell to be the exact same type of like like same speech patterns and yep. everything. It's crazy. Yeah. DJ Bianame, ESPN.com, uh, has an article about the Texans, and according to some of his sources, people the Texans were interviewing were chirping about what the Texans said they're going to do with the number two overall pick. What are his sources telling him? That is next. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Uh, you can hit the trailer wheel and frame text page, 713-572-46. And we've already got a couple good texts about this topic. Uh, here was D'Amico Ryans on the importance of the quarterback position. This is from two weeks ago uh, at his introductory press conference. We understand we have one quarterback here on our roster, and we have to add more at that position and we know everybody gets excited about the quarterback the quarterback is one piece to a team as i've seen in san francisco all right what happens when you don't have that one guy 
is the season over? Are you just booking it? And no. How do you build around, right? Build around that quarterback. Yes, we want a great quarterback, but no, we need a great offensive line to protect the quarterback. We need great running backs, great tight ends, great receivers. We need a great defense, special teams. We all play together. And that's the awesome part about football is it's not on one guy's shoulder to go out there and win the game for us. So it's all about building around right, each other right, and playing together. That's how we'll win games. So that's D'Amico's view on the position as of last Thursday. Uh, this line from DJ Bianame's article earlier this week, uh, he's the DJ is the uh, Texans beat writer for ESPN.com. Uh, according to league sources familiar with the Texans' interview process, the front office in Houston told coaching candidates it plans on using the number two overall pick on a quarterback. End quote. Yeah. That's got um, people talking. That's um, I. That's where I, I'm confused about exactly how it was reported and in what context because – I think that being willing to use it on a quarterback if that's what the head coach is all about is is certainly something that you would talk about with a coach there. I don't know if um I just I have a hard time thinking that at that point in the process where they haven't even really completed their scouting reports on these quarterbacks that the Texans would tell somebody who's interviewing for a job that they would say, "Hey, listen, by the way, this is what we're doing." Uh, so if you're signing up, this is what's going on. We're going to draft somebody that we haven't even actually finished our scouting report on yet. I, I think that it's more likely the most realistic scenario would have been that they told a candidate, look, yeah, I think we think we like these guys. If you want, you know, like we'll, we'll work with you. And if we feel like, you know, we want to take a quarterback, then we're certainly going to do that. We're not afraid to use this pick on a quarterback. So I'm, which I think I, it just all depends. I think whoever told DJ Bienname, I probably told them that yeah, the Texans are going to use a number two overall pick on a quarterback. I think that a lot of times sources are really like inaccurate. Like they just flat out get details wrong. Sean, this happened to me once when um, somebody on my own team told me what my contract demand was because they'd heard <laughs> it from. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's that's news to me. So I called my agent up and I was like, did you really say that I should be getting like? A million dollars a year more than uh, than Gary Walker. He's like, no, you're not worth that. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I have a reputation. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's what somebody told uh, my teammate here. So <laughs> that's like, <laughs> great. It's like, so people get it wrong all the time. It's like when my, my my mom still thinks I like food that I definitely hate because uh, she's still she's got it twisted up in her mind. So my mom did some interview with Food Magazine or something, and they're like, "So what's Seth's favorite food?" She'd probably say that I love like sauerkraut or something. Yeah, which is totally false. League yeah. sources say Seth Payne loves sauerkraut. A source close to Seth Payne, right? Says he can't get enough sauerkraut. Right, right, right. I think as far as this report goes. Um, look, I think DJ's reporting it accurately in terms of he was told something and he's reporting what he was told. I think the the the, the source to DJ to the you know to this article I think is 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 probably accurate. Anytime that this anytime it's according to league sources, yeah. and that basically leaves open pretty much anybody associated with the NFL in any shape, form, yeah. or fashion. I, I'm I always look at it with a little bit of skepticism or maybe. Not skepticism for sure, but not the type of skepticism where I feel like people are doing things nefariously. The type of skepticism where I feel like stuff can get garbled 
well, between a league source and a person yeah. interviewing, and then it gets to a reporter, and then this and that, you know? Well, I think you have to also look at it through the filter of whichever person was talking. So maybe it was, let's say, hypothetically, DJ Bianame spoke to Sean Payton himself. All right. Well, did Sean Payton say, hey, can I draft a quarterback? And did the Texans say, yeah, we're totally cool with you drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Number two overall. Whichever of these guys you want, go ahead and take them. Like, that doesn't mean that. Sean Payton knows exactly what they might do with other candidates or what the other candidates want to do. So it's just, I think that I read this report as the Texans are totally willing to spend a number two overall pick on a quarterback. It doesn't mean that it's set in stone that they will. No, you'd be stupid to have it set in stone in February. What's the point in even saying that? You know, like as it's, as it's written here in in the article, we do have some interesting texts about this. Um, to the trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. Uh, uh, 9244. Interesting that uh, the Texans taking a quarterback at two news came out right away after Ursay talks about Bryce Young. Lying season is in full effect. And I think that's a good just take a step back from this story. This is not about what I'm about to say is not about this story specifically. It's about the time of year we're in. Yeah. Like anything that's reported on any quarterback or draft pick or what a team's planning to do or what a team's willing to do um, needs to be taken with a grain of salt this time of year. It is. It's it's lying season for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. 7085. Is DJ Bien-Aimé a Texans writer? If so, why the hell would he say what the Texans said? He doesn't write for the HoustonTexans.com website, <laughs> right. so he's, he's just a reporter. Gonna, yeah, he's going to put information out there. Yeah, when he uh, when he sees fit, and that is the, I mean, it's it's kind of, it, it's like it's like what intelligence people will tell you about in like in the military. Like sometimes there's just when there's too much information, like separating the signal from the noise is just about impossible. And that's what happens at draft time. Like there's so many people throwing so much flack out there that it's really hard to figure out exactly what any of it all means. Like, yep. is this, is this somehow tied to Jim Ursay throwing out all kinds of smoke the other day than uh, possibly, but it doesn't, it doesn't paint any clearer a picture of, of what anybody wants to do. I do feel like kind of like in poker, I do wonder if sometimes the people that try to throw flack out are they're tempting fate a little too much. Like just saying nothing is almost always the best strategy if you don't want people to know your intentions. The Jaguars, even though it didn't end up mattering one bit whatsoever, was it, what was the one that was kept so secret the entire time? Was it Bortles? Bortles, they had, Bortles no, that, that yeah. was out of left field. Yeah, yeah nobody had a clue, yep. you know, and they did it by not throwing out any flack about anything. Nobody really had a clue that Bortles was going to go number one overall. So um, I always, I would always worry if I were an NFL GM or something. My my policy would be like, just don't freaking talk to anybody. Yeah. Okay. Can you just shut your yaps for a while and uh, and there will be. All right, um, we are giving away tickets to the rodeo to see the Chainsmokers on March the 10th. We're going to do it between now and the end of the show. So sometime between now and 9.53, be listening for your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to the March 10th Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Show starring the Chainsmokers. Um, You're pointing at me right now, yeah. Well, I was just, are you done with the uh, Chainsmokers? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rihanna... As people pointed out to me, I was wondering why Rihanna hadn't uh, performed all that much recently. Apparently, her beauty and cosmetics company is worth like over a billion dollars. Yeah, Fenty Beauty is worth a lot of money. So I would say, yeah, just go ahead and run your business, Keep doing your thing. (laughs) Show up to the Super Bowl and gain like 
she like doubled her Instagram following and everything, yeah. which just means her her makeup company becomes that much more like, powerful. Smart yeah. move to get back on stage. She's pregnant like, oh, I can pregnant. actually increase the value of my billion-dollar company just by showing up and singing some songs singing for five for to ten minutes. ten minutes, and, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Worth it, yes. And you're going to By pick- the way, I'm pregnant AF, okay? Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Boom. She looked good. Yeah. All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. So, yeah, be listening between now and the top of the hour, and uh, you're going to get a chance to go to the rodeo. Uh, Astros spring training officially uh, underway. Pitchers and catchers today, but there are a few, there are a few non pitchers and catchers who are showing up early to get some work in. We'll tell you who. A couple interesting names. And Luis Garcia has met with the media. I watched the exchange. I'm feeling a little bit better about this whole he's got to change his delivery thing after hearing from Luis Garcia. That is next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents. Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a uh, Thursday. We'll talk to the guys on In the Loop in just a second. Luis Garcia is a uh, early here in spring training. He's one of the bigger topics with the new um, vigilance against uh, vigilance in enforcing the balk rules in combination yeah. with the pitch clock. You know they need a they need a more defined beginning to a pitching motion than what Luis Garcia has. So uh, his rock the baby. Um, motion to, to to pitch a ball when there's nobody on base is in jeopardy right now. So how yeah. big an adjustment is this going to be? Here is Luis Garcia in an exchange with the media. This is a big question for a lot of the guys at spring training today. I basically changed my delivery thing, but, you know, I'll ask for clarification and stuff to know what I cannot do and what I can do. Is that, is that hard to do to change what you've been doing a certain way for a long time? No. I mean, it's normal. Luis, did MLB reach out to you about your delivery? No. No. What about, like, Josh and Murph today? Yeah, Murph told me something, like, try to practice something before they say, they say something. And I practice, but, you know, I still need clarification to what? see if I can do something or not. What's that process like for you? I mean, this is... This is what you what you do. How much how much of a of a chore is that going to be to, to change your wind up and delivery? Mm, I spent like two weeks trying to figure it out how to do it, like without doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm okay right now. So let's see. Just finding something you're comfortable with. Yeah. Go with. So this is not a big deal to you. No. How different is your delivery? I mean, what you've been practicing? How different? No, I'm like a normal guy. Like you can see from uh, Javier throwing. I'll be like that. <laughs> he knows he, he'd be normal. Yeah, normal. <laughs> but, I mean, it was so fun. I mean, All right, so there you go. So I think we got we got the uh, we got the gist of it, which is Luis Garcia, no shirt, no shoes, no problem, man. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, but he's not allowed to. He's not allowed to take that. You're basically only allowed to take one foot, one step back or to the side or towards the plate before you lift your leg for the wind up. Yep. He takes two. So. He steps forward, back, and then throws. He, well, yeah. he goes he goes side, back, forward, then throws, or forward, then back, and then throws. Yeah, forward, back, throw, whatever. Um, he's got to cut a couple of those out. He's got to cut one up. step out, basically. Yeah. yeah. So he's um, yeah. So he's uh, but he doesn't seem to be all that uh, doesn't seem to be all that worked up about the whole. Is thing. it just that first step towards the base that he has to take out? Yeah. So, so and then you're allowed two steps, then the leg lift for the. For the the wind up, okay, all right, yeah. So like he throws out of the stretch where he's not doing anything at all beforehand, so it's not like it's completely foreign to him to be able to do any of that. 
Um, and, and the question we keep getting about this is like, well, wait a second. He only does that wind up when he's, when there's nobody on base, right? It's not, this doesn't have anything to do with the actual Bach rule. This has just the rules for what an actual pitch are and when they can start the pitch clock and all that. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's dumb, man. Cause his is, his doesn't, he could start. He has a definitive movement for when they start the pitch clock. They don't like when some of the guys that like bounce their leg constantly. Yeah. And then start their motion. They wouldn't know when to start the pitch clock. This is basically Luis Garcia getting wrapped up in them trying to clean everybody else up. It's almost like they saw Luis and were like, "Yeah, we don't like that either." So uh, get rid of it. Well, and his is super unique too. With the, you know the way he rocks the arms, like it's yeah. it's kind of fun. Like they're that baseball stepping in on fun again, man. Why why are you why are you ruining the rock the baby for him? Why they always got to do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, we say all this to say that. Seth and I, when we get to spring training, are going to yep. get to the bottom of all of this come February 27th. The um, Framber, Framber is the other one people are concerned about just because with no shift, you know, he's a ground, he's an extreme ground ball pitcher. The thing that I'm excited about, Sean, I watched yesterday some, uh, I specifically searched Kyle Tucker hitting into the shift, mm. and uh, mm-hmm. I've never been more livid at the shift in my life until I saw second baseman slash outfielder uh, time after time after time snipe what should have been a base hit yeah. for for uh, an out well, because of the shift. It's so, yeah. funny. you. I mean, you look, there's two guys right now that the Astros, I would think, are still trying to get on long-term extensions. Yeah. Framber Valdez and Kyle Tucker are those two people. And as you've brought up, hey, maybe they're waiting to see with Framber what the effect is on what the, the, the new shift rules – what the effect yeah. is on him because he's the most prolific ground ball pitcher in baseball. Similarly, maybe Kyle Tucker's camp is waiting to see what the numbers look like oh. for him as a hitter with yeah. no shift. You know, he had like two fifty eight last year, so maybe he becomes a two seventy eight hitter. Or he something had like well with some really bad luck early in the season because that's just what he does uh, for whatever reason. The baseball yes. gods hate him, and until until uh, May thirty first, yeah, and then they love um, him. No, but the crazy thing is that like he, both he and Jordan were in the top 20 for number of outs into the, by hitting into the shift, and I think Kyle Tucker was like fourth or so. The only thing – the downside for Kyle Tucker is that he also is one of the slowest guys between pitches in Major League Baseball because of his routine. So, like, he's going to have to step up in his routine with the pitch clock too, as will Altuve. Altuve, Altuve benefits – from the rules making it easier to steal bases. So Altuve might get even more than 18 that he had last year. Um, but he's hurt, I think, by the pitch clock because he can't be doing his ornate routine anymore. Of all the guys we've just listed, Garcia with his delivery, Fromber with the ground balls and the new shift rules, the hitters um, that, that may have to adapt in some way because of the, the pitch clock and, and the hitter aspect of that where you need to be alert and in the box with eight seconds left. Um which one are you most concerned about of all these Astros? The, like, which one are you most concerned being negatively affected by these new rules? I would say it's got to be Fromber. Mine's Fromber. Um, yep. Yeah, and it it does make me want. It does give me pause as far as actually extending him right now. Like, this is what you have to know about Fromber. He had 314 ground ball outs. Does that sounds like a lot? I don't know. It's forty-one more than anybody else in baseball. There you go. His his sixty his ground ball rate was sixty-six point five percent. That's nine point eight percent higher than anybody else in baseball. Yep. Like he is an extreme ground ball pitcher, kind of made for the 
really the shift era of baseball. So it's not it's not so clear exactly how he'll have to maneuver around to get the same numbers next year. Pena, Jordan, Brantley, and Jose Abreu are the four players, four everyday players who I've seen footage of at Astros spring training so far. Keep in mind, they don't need to report till the 21st, but they're there getting their work in, so that's good to see. John Lopez is here getting his work in. He's Darn in, right he's in here doing a toss. Do they add to your paycheck because you have to come in four minutes earlier to talk to me and Seth? No, but if you want to negotiate that, I can. I'd be <laughs> I've got happy my own you. set of problems, man. <laughs> come on. Not with my employer. Just, uh, you know, just like, you know, life, you know, little things here. Yeah, you know. yeah. By the way, I did a deep dive into uh, the Astros and the new rules and all that yesterday. Wrote about it for today. Uh, I, the one that struck me the most, you mentioned Fromber, and I agree, is the back end of the bullpen are two of the 15 slowest working pitchers in baseball. Who? Who? Presley and Stanek. Oh, those are two uh, pretty important guys. Like, like Presley takes... <laughs> their with, closer and their guy with the, the lowest ERA in baseball last yes, year. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that that, that, that's a nobody's talking about, as we like to okay, say. Okay, okay. Presley averages a little over 27 seconds. With, oh my God, that's going to be a huge adjustment for him. Well, now those, baseball. yeah, and those stats are a little bit different than like the pitch clock stats. But yeah, he's like the slowest because guys, some people on the baseball savant site, like they look at it and they're like, oh my God, they're like ten seconds off. But yeah, they, they are the slowest. It's not as extreme as it looks because the clock's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah. they got to they got to they got to hustle. Yeah, yeah, either way, they got to hustle. What else is happening, dude? Uh, well, uh, obviously, a lot is happening with the Texans. Uh, I, I found an interesting uh, uh, point that uh, Landry made. When size goes wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you care to elaborate on well, that? We will, baby. We okay. will. All uh, right. Yeah, like like uh, all these things. Is that, that a family segment? Is that uh, NSFW? It, 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 I'm sure it'll, when size goes uh, sure wrong? it'll fall into that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're talking NFL and when size goes wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, obviously with an Bryce eye, Young. With an eye on Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you What do you make of the reports from uh, DJ yesterday? That uh, oh, I've got I've got thoughts on that. First right. of all. Uh, I'll share here because uh, I, I, I here's my point. Reports on, that the Texans are probably going to take a quarterback with the number two pick, according to people that interviewed for the job. Short and, version, yeah, impossible to know that. Impossible. It's, it's impossible to report that. Okay. No, not to pile on DJ. He's a really good dude. He works hard and he and he seems to really have uh, uh, connections. But there's no way you know that. You can't interview what is it? Six, seven guys. Seven, yeah. Well, eight, including Ben Johnson, yeah, and. Tell six or seven of them, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback, knowing that they won't be w- with you. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be running off somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, that's that's an interesting angle. Like, why would they tell that when they're only going? They're hiring all eight. Then yeah. they can keep it in house, and that's interesting. Yeah. We need to give away some rodeo tickets here to the chain smokers. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Caller number five. You are on your way to go see the chain smokers Houston livestock show and rodeo March the tenth. Four-pack of tickets. going to be a great time. And, uh, John, I don't know if you know this, but you are giving away Cody Jenks tickets at eleven in the 11 and 1 o'clock hours today. Yeah. You're darn right we are. And the drive is doing it in the in the 3 and 5 o'clock hours. Mm-hmm. All right. So last, chain, last chance for the chain smokers is right now. 713-572-4610. All right, John. Sounds like you got a good one lined up. We Ooh. do. B. Scott joins us as well. Okay. He's 11 always, o'clock. Yeah. Usual time. Okay, good. B. Scott yeah. in the house. Seth? 
Antibodies to you. An- antibodies and yeah, listen to John because I'm seeing now too. Yeah, I'm glad John sent us this way. Brian Abreu and Luis Garcia are amongst the slowest also yes. in baseball. Yes. Oh, they got if you want to go to a- if you want to go to my Twitter at Lopez on Sports, uh, I wrote you got a whole, them all. I wrote a whole column. on You got a column on it. Okay, there you go. Okay, at Lopez on Sports. All right, so now we Thanks go. Thanks for ruining my afternoon. Yeah, I was going to say, now Seth and I go worry for 24 hours. Jeez. Thanks for nothing. All right, we're done. We're out of time. 6 a.m. tomorrow. We are back. In the Loop is up next. We will see you then. Have a great day, everybody. Antibodies to you.